0: from A A T H the association for applied and therapeutic humor this is laughbox the <laughs> podcast for laughter and humor professionals here's your host chip lutz here we are, it's time for Laugh Box. My favorite time of the week, and perhaps yours too. Well, we are two weeks post-conference, and I wanna tell you what, if you were at the conference, you know that it was a fabulous humor conference. If you weren't, if you had a fear of missing out, a little FOMO going on, it was well-deserved because you missed a great conference. Awesome speakers, um, awesome relationships built. I'm gonna tell you to put next year's conference on your calendar now, it'll be on our website aath.org with some of the t- details really soon. Uh, I've got some interviews that I did at the conference. It'll be coming up in the next few weeks, so you want to keep your ear open for those. But this week, I'm talking to my good friend, Dr. Tina Hallis, about positive psychology and her book, The Positive Edge. I had a really great time talking to her. I know you're going to get a lot from our conversation, so kick back and enjoy. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to Laughbox, the official podcast of the Association for Applied Therapy to Humor. And today, what's kind of cool is, you know, my worlds collide. I get to talk to a good friend of mine who's a National Speaker Association friend, actually here in Wisconsin, um, about uh, AATH stuff, kind of like, you know, the positive emotions and stuff. I get to talk to Dr. Tina Hallis uh, about, you know, She's written a book. She's out there doing the Lord's work, making a positive impact all over the world in the workplace and in people's lives. So, welcome, Tina, to LaughBox.
1: Hey, Chip. So excited to be here today.
0: Well, I'm excited to have you on the show. I know we've tried a couple times, and finally, the stars align, and here we are. Yay. Yay. Now, for my listeners, if you could give them like the uh, 411 on who Dr. Tina Hollis is.
1: Sure, you bet. Um, I would say that I'm a little bit interesting in that my background is in science. Um, I worked in biotech in chemistry in the lab for, I don't know, almost 20 years. But then I had this this life-changing experience where I discovered positive psychology. Um, And we can get into how that happened more later maybe, but it was one of these things where I had never heard of this science, Mm -hmm. and suddenly I knew I was addicted. I was obsessed. I had to learn more. I went back and became certified, decided to just reinvent myself, leave the lab, hang up the lab coat, and really pursue sharing this information because I could see how I could benefit, and I just knew this could be great help to other people, especially workplaces.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I'm just interested, like that is a big switch from going into the lab into um, what you're doing now. Um, it, it, that takes a lot of moxie. It really, it, <laughs> well, yeah, you think about it. I mean, a lot of times, you know, in a life cycle, we just, you know, people looks like, well, you know, I, you know, you graduate from school, you get married, you find your vocation and then you stick with that until you're ready to retire and then you die. I mean, that's kind of like the uh, thing, and you're just like, no, I'm reinventing myself. That's, that's pretty scary stuff.
1: I didn't plan on it. I mean, exactly like you described. I thought I would finish out my career in biotech and retire, and well, I'm going to skip the last thing you said. But uh, yeah, it, it was a total surprise to me. I did not plan on this.
0: Uh, it's really uh, uh, fascinating, um, and I, I'm sure pieces of that will come through in our conversation. But before we start getting into the positive edge, because um, I want to talk about uh, you know, what you do, and I want to talk about your book a little bit, I'm just going to ask a random question just to get um, our, our, our conversation going. So, in the superhero world, who's your favorite superhero?
1: Ooh, gosh, we love to watch Marvel comic movies at our house, and I think I have a soft spot for Spider-Man.
0: Soft spot for spider Now, when you were a kid, did you watch Spider-Man cartoons?
1: You know, I was kind of a, we didn't get a lot of channels, so it was kind of a Gilligan's Island type of a, of a childhood. <laughs> I'm not much superhero stuff there, but uh, no, just I would say in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years of the the cool Marvel movies that come out. I just Spider Man, you know, he's his 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 powers are kind of limited, but he manages to make and do great things with what he can do.
0: That's uh that's interesting. Yeah. I I would concur with you on that. I never really thought I, I watched Spider-Man growing up. I was always a Spider-Man fan. Um Ooh. and I like the, all the Marvel movies and the other Marvel worlds. I don't really have a favorite. I kind of like them all equally. You know, on the DC worlds, uh I'm always a Batman guy. Just you mm. know, that's just that's just me. I don't know why. Um maybe because he's not an alien like Superman. Yeah, cuz really, I mean, there are two categories of people. There are Batman people and there're Superman people. You know. I'm oh, a, okay. I'm a Batman person. Um so anyway, um, <laughs> nothing to do with our conversation. I just like to get the conversation going. So let's talk a little bit about you know, um, you know, your transition into positive psychology, and you know, we can you know obviously hit in on your book and you know, the contents in there. So, you know, when you first started in this. Uh, in this new venture into positive psychology, what were some of the like most amazing things, you know, for you? I mean, coming from a hard science world, you know, mm-hmm. into this other world that I don't want to say is fluffier. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's based on science. The research is, you know, scientific. However, there's more of a, um, a different feeling to it than, you know, where you, where you came from. So what were some of the biggest, biggest changes or, or shifts in, in thought for you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's definitely a softer science, I guess, is how I would refer to it. You know, it's, and, and, and the thing about science that I think um, was eye-opening for me, just even in my chemistry days, is science does not really prove anything. It provides evidence to support such and such. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. why things get disproved. And but with positive psychology, what I love about this science that's so different than chemistry or biotechnology is that I can use it in my life. You know, a lot of my chemistry and biotech stuff I couldn't really take home and do much with it that day. You know, there's a lot more long-term stuff. We were working on drug discovery assays and services. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't directly impactful to me, Mm -hmm. but this, this was like, wow, Hey, this is how I can, a quick trick for how I can boost my mood. This is how I can, you know, um, laugh more how I can spend more time feeling grateful and Mm -hmm. and and the evidence that they showed that not only does that feel better which is sort of intuitive but the studies are showing that it actually makes us smarter we make better decisions we're healthier we're more resilient and even if you don't um you know if, if you look at one of the studies or you read something in a book you can run your own experiment right just just take this this tip this strategy and see how it works for you so mm-hmm. it's it's the kind of science we can run and and try out in our own lives
0: that's interesting so like when you were working in the lab you didn't like have a home lab where you did like scientific experiments <laughs> yeah like you know your your beakers and your test tubes and you weren't doing any of that
1: not a lot no i, I <laughs> When my daughter was really young, I tried to buy some of those kits for her, but it just, it wasn't quite the same.
0: It's so funny because my brother is a chemical engineer. And so uh, he, you know, he was always, he'd bring like, they worked in a corn refining plant where they would make like corn syrups and stuff. And so he would like bring it home and he'd like, all right, so this is how this works, Jeff. This is the amount that equals this amount of sugar. So instead of using sugar, we're going to replace it with this much of corn syrup right here, <laughs> you know, and. He was all geeking out on, you know, his, his conversions on that. I always thought it was kind of funny because not there's nothing scientific about me at all. Um, so so with, with the home lab, I was just thinking about, you know.
1: Oh, okay, but, but as long as we're talking home lab and chemistry, there, there's one thing I got to share. I did go into my daughter's third grade class to show them this super cool experiment. You take purple cabbage... And after you steam it, you capture the purple liquid, right, that, it, that forms from steaming it or boiling it. And now this is a pH indicator. You can add things like lemon juice and watch it turn pink or add baking soda and watch it turn blue. It's so cool.
0: So that is awesome. You're probably the coolest person that, you know, went into the <laughs> class. They're like, oh, look at that. That's pretty awesome. That's, that was, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, it was so fun. Now let's talk
0: a little bit about uh, – Your book. Uh, So what spurred you to write it? You know, what are some of the things that some key things that when uh, you because I think like this, you know, anybody that writes a book, it's a labor of love. You're one, you know, people to take a few things from it. You know, we'll get into some of those things you think are key takeaways for people. But, you know, what pushed you to, you know, put pen to paper and actually get it out there?
1: Yeah, it was interesting early on when I started this, so let me think. I discovered positive psychology in 2011, pretty much reinvented myself the beginning of 2013, and probably sometime towards the end of that year or the next year, I started writing weekly positivity tips. Mm -hmm. The idea was just, you know, short little maybe three, four minute reads um, because I wanted to... Put stuff out there to just help spread positivity. Give people these simple little tools that they could use
0: mm-hmm. so they're,
1: they're stories, there's stories there 's a little bit of research every tip 's a little different
0: mm-hmm.
1: after a few years, I had quite a few of these tips, mm-hmm. and I thought, wow, I could put these in a book. I could compile them, organize them, put them into categories, so that it 's the kind of book you just open and you see what tip you 've opened it to and um, read it on the page next to it is a space where you can write about how you can use that tip, Mm -hmm. how it applies to your life. So really it's a toolbox. It's not a book you sit down and read. It has 80 different short positivity tips in it.
0: Oh, that's cool. I mean, I like theory. I mean, theory is nice, but I really, really like application. I like things to work, you know, so it's nice sometimes to read a book where it makes me think deep, but other times I like stuff where it's just like, Hey, this is the stuff you need right here to make a positive impact for yourself. I mean, they, so I I dig that a lot. Um, so with that, obviously, you've practiced a lot of those, you know, because you wouldn't have written about them if you hadn't already tried them. So what are some of the ones, you know, well, before we get into some of those things, I mean, when we're talking about like a positivity. What what are we what are we really referring to?
1: Mm. Yeah, thanks. Because a lot of people use the word happiness, even right. even in the psychology field. And if you dig into the science, there's a term they use called positive affect. Mm-hmm. And what that means is positive emotions of any kind. It could be curiosity. It could be hope. It could be optimism. It could be gratitude. It could be you know awe, love. There's so many different variations. Could be just simply peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, positivity is those positive emotions that signal in our body a whole different cascade of chemicals, different stimulation in our brain compared to stress, frustration, Mm -hmm. disappointment, discouragement. Um, There's a very significant chemical change that, you know, we hear about the fight or flight response. Maybe people hear about cortisol versus dopamine. It's so real. And when we can actually choose thoughts, choose strategies that help shift us towards more of this uh, healthier, positive chemistry in our body, there's, again, so many cool benefits.
0: Well, I think a key word you brought up in there was just choice. That, uh, that whole choosing, cause sometimes we, we think that we're victim to circumstance, that there's nothing that we can really do, that things are just shitty. You know, I just have a, I have a negative mindset. This is just the way things are. And so making a choice to do something different, uh, can be a little bit difficult because sometimes it goes against maybe our overall, uh, view on life or our personality, a, uh, what are some things people could do to actually to make that choice?
1: And that's exactly it. The key word is choice. I, I never knew I had a choice. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think most people do it. They don't teach it to us in school, right? No, really, I don't remember
0: choice. I don't remember <laughs> choice
1: class. You know, <laughs> choosing our thoughts. Uh, but really, it is positivity is a choice, and there are ways to make that choice easier to me that is my purpose to help people realize they have a choice and then for them to find ways that work for them to make that choice easier because that's where we we take back our power we we have more control over designing our life and and living and being you know the kind of person that we want to that we can feel proud of that we're excited about
0: Right. But have you ever had one of those weeks, you know, or even maybe just days, you know, but sometimes like the where you're just kinda like in a funk. I mean, just <laughs> like you just there's a gray crowd cloud over your head, you know, everything seems to just go wrong all at the same time, it usually comes in threes. Um sometimes I, 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 like, I know I have a choice. I mean, I can cho- choose how I act and interact with them, my, my environment. But sometimes, you know, on those days or in those weeks, even for me, who's naturally a pretty, like my set point on positivity is, positivity is you know, pretty high. But even though I know I have a choice, uh, I don't always make that choice. Have you ever found that? I mean, that, with you,
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, definitely. I think, you know, that's that's part of how we're wired. You know, interestingly, um some days are hard, right? Whether whether there's a reason like something stressful happens or we just don't feel good, and sometimes there isn't a reason. It's just okay, I'm in a funk, I don't know why. And and really the message that I think is important to remember is, you know, some days you just have to give yourself permission to say, yeah, today's kind of a crappy day. I'm either going to say, okay, I'm going to give myself a half an hour to just feel crappy and then I'm going to force myself or push myself to go do something that will help me shift. Um, You know, you'd asked about strategies before. There's so many simple, easy things. I I think of one, I think of just um, with today's technology and our devices, how easy we can tap into different music that Mm -hmm. boosts our mood, that shifts know how we feel um you know we all have our own set of favorite songs perhaps that can make us more energetic that can calm us down or that can just get us more heart-centered
0: that is so true it actually maybe that should have been my opening question was like what was your go-to tune i mean what was the tune that, like you know me <laughs> like you know because there's different ones for me like i'm an 80s guy so a lot of the music that really kind of like sets my mood a little bit higher or like strictly 80s tunes you know like maybe a little quiet Riot. come on feel the noise that'll usually do it or you mm-hmm. know uh throw on a little Bruce Springsteen because I love the boss but um mm-hmm. that's it's interesting how music you know can help you make that shift and I you know both in both dynamics like I know that I when I'm doing um Uh, like I just did a bathroom renovation that I think a lot smarter and a lot clearer. If I'm, I've got my classical music playlist going while I'm doing it because I, you know, normally I'm not a, I'm not a mechanical guy. So I have to really think through, uh, think things through and, um, and not work fast. And so, you know, that just helps kind of helps my flow on, (laughs) (laughs) flow on on that so it's interesting Mm. you brought up music another thing you brought up was and you just gleaned over a little bit was um maybe how weather might affect our moods i mean Mm. like we we live in wisconsin for those of you who don't know um (laughs) during the winter it doesn't get light till like 9 a.m then it gets dark by four the days are really short they're really cold you get tired of snow um, like I went outside yesterday, it was, it was six degrees, but sunny. And I was like, Hey, it's pretty nice outside. And I was <laughs> like, at what point in time did I make this shift where I think six degrees is nice. But I mean, certainly, I mean, there are external factors like that, that can affect our mood. I mean, have you found that, you know, with the, uh, with your interactions with people on, you know, like, I don't know, the seasonal affect, you know, uh, I don't know disorder yep
1: Yep. sad the seasonal okay it's it's real you know it's so real and of course we're all different so it affects different people in different ways to different extents but yeah sometimes we have to be very very purposeful and say yes it's you know like I was looking at the forecast for the next several days we're gonna have I mean here it's March coming up and we're having below zero for five nights in a row what's with that So I need to be very purposeful to say, okay, I'm going to make sure I'm enjoying my wood-burning stove with a fire and make sure I focus and remind myself how nice that is, Um, fleece sheets, um, electric blanket, hot cocoa, whatever those things are that sort of help counter and shift us so we're not focusing on the bad part of this weather, but maybe some of the things that we get to enjoy because of it.
0: You know, on that shift of focus... That sounds to me like that's almost like a facet of um, mindfulness, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that, um, like I had uh, a guy on the show, Nick Mosca, and he was you talking about how a lot of times mindfulness gets a uh, kind of like a, I don't want to say a bad rap, but people misinterpret it and they think that mm-hmm. you got to meditate or something. But sometimes it's just as simple, like you were saying, as focusing on some of those things that do bring you joy and you're in that moment, like with your wood burning stove and just, you know. Enjoying that, or fleece sheets. Um, I like flannel sheets. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, is that you know the way the way you explained that? Did I interpret that correctly?
1: Yeah, exactly. And and I love how you you know you brought up the term mindfulness. It's um interesting to me. I, I as I was studying this positive psychology and using it and sharing it and teaching it, I was looking for a way to make it really easy to access, easy Mm -hmm. to use. And I came up with a framework and it's a five step framework. And in the middle step in that framework is to notice our thoughts. The first step is to realize why it's hard. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about that. The second step is to realize we can change. And that's all about a term called neuroplasticity. The third step is notice our thoughts. You know, just like with AA, you can't change something. You can't shift you know something till you notice where you're starting from right and and so noticing our thoughts mindfulness it's just just paying attention in the current moment um you know it's like emotional intelligence to me all these things are interrelated
0: right absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah let's delve a little bit into that framework. I think that that's uh, would be a great takeaway for our listeners here is to have like you know something they can take away of like hey, how do I apply some of this stuff in my in my life so mm-hmm. can we can we get into that just a little bit?
1: Yes, definitely so um I'm just going to back up give you a little bit more context so realizing why it's hard this is this is a big thing. this was huge for me. It turns out that we are wired. We have this, this survival instinct that is so strong, so fast, and it's all focused on how to keep ourselves safe, right? So Mm -hmm. that's a good thing. We need to, we need to survive. We need to stay safe. Mm -hmm. But what that means is that we get really focused on and remember all the dangers, all the problems, anything that even might be a problem. And we tend to dwell on it and ruminate. Mm -hmm. So that's a big chunk. and, And there's, additional reasons why it's hard another reason why it can be hard is genetics you know i (laughs) uh, we probably all know some people who tend to be "Mm," a little bit more on the negative side and and maybe some people are even whoa they're so positive where do they get that from so genetics can really play a big role and also why it's hard for people
0: Mm -hmm. so if you're in that area where do you like um, actually physically stop and like, you know, write down, you know, maybe what you're thinking or you just think about your thinking. I mean, is there a process for you know understanding, you know, cause I have things that I just won't do, um, because they might be hard. It doesn't have to be really like, really about safety, uh, maybe like emotional safety. Cause I know that it might not work out the way I want maybe I feel rejected or maybe I'm going to feel frustrated or angry. So that might be part of it. Um, so, is there a process for dissecting that a little bit?
1: Mm. Well, that will actually come up more in step four.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. I didn't want. To, I don't want to jump ahead. <laughs> don't want to jump ahead. <laughs> oh, sure. I, you're just yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Cool. You're, cool. Cool. You're, All right. So understanding, you know, that. All right. Very good. Yeah. What's the the next then?
1: Yep. So so understanding why it's hard, just just recognizing that giving yourself permission that that's the way it is the second step is to realize that we can change um you know 20 years ago science pretty much said once you're an adult your brain is done changing you are who you are right now with new technology like functional mri they can see that really at any age our brains are constantly changing there's new neural connections forming and of course some old ones going away Um, But the exciting thing here is there's now a term called self-directed neuroplasticity. This idea that by choosing what we focus on, getting better at noticing and thinking about the good stuff around us, right, because our survival brain, that part of our brain says boring, you can Mm. ignore anything good because it's not a danger, you don't need to take action, Mm -hmm. but when we get better at being intentional about that, We are actually rewiring our brain. They can physically see the changes in people's brains when they start, you know, practicing um, these strategies.
0: I love that. I love that concept of self-directed neuroplasticity. Yeah. Uh, That is really cool. Um, That certainly gives you a little bit more control uh, over your circumstances, if you think about it in those terms, is that I don't have to (coughs) think about it like this. You know, I can really think about it a little bit different. So that's pretty cool. And, you know, yeah. I remember grow, I remember when I was growing up, it's like, you know, like, oh, you only have a set of numbers. Like, we grew up, I'm a little older than you, but, you know, people <laughs> are telling you, like, we only have so many brain cells, you know, you're going to kill them all. I'm like, no, I don't think that's really true. So. Uh,
1: is that, Yeah, because that's what they thought. And now they realize, no, we really can generate new brain cells and we can create stronger connections and different, you know, different habits we think of habits usually as something external from us but habits are also in the way that we think and when we reinforce those connections in our brains those habits become stronger those good Mm -hmm. habits
0: right very cool very cool i like that all right next step
1: okay yeah so self-directed neuroplasticity we have this superpower third step okay if we're going to change we have to start by noticing our thoughts thinking about our thinking kind of sounds a little creepy maybe but it's it's this idea that we can step back and become the observer Mm -hmm. and not just the participant we can notice how we're reacting we can notice what we're thinking and suddenly there's a there's kind of a cool little uh phrase that has been developed in positive psychology called name it to tame it
0: And we'll be right back with that interview with Tina, but now it's time for fun facts. Fun facts is where we share facts about humor, laughter, sometimes the absurd. And this week's fact uh, fact comes from Peter Jonas's book, uh, The Secrets of Connecting Leadership and Learning with Humor. And in the book, he talks about some different myths of using humor. And I really liked myth number five of I can't be funny. And he writes, wrong. Everyone can learn to be funnier. You might not wind up on Saturday Night Live, but you can learn the tricks of the trade to integrate humor into your daily activities, speeches, meetings, and conversations. You didn't know how to drive when you were 15, but you learned. Like leadership, there are certain characteristics and concepts to learn to make it happen. And a great place to learn how to be funnier and just to appreciate humor is within our own association. Um, Check it out at aath.org. If you're not a member, you should be. Giddy up, yes siree. So let's get back to that interview with Tina. Yeah, yeah, tell me a little more
1: about that. So you step back, you observe and say, oh, look at this. I'm replaying that conversation with my spouse that I had this morning, this argument that we had. Mm -hmm. Notice that you're stuck in that replaying. And then you can name it and say, yeah, I'm dwelling on this. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling upset about it. And just by sort of stepping out of it and putting a label on it helps us analyze it rather than, like, get sucked into the drama and just dwell on it.
0: Right. Um, yeah, it sometimes amazes me that, that we as human beings, um, we kind of rehearse things in our head all wrong. Like, and I like that concept, <laughs> name of Attainment, that we tell ourselves sometimes, oh, this is going to be bad, this is going to be bad, this is going to be bad. And then when it turns out bad, we're surprised. We've kind of predisposed ourselves to that outcome you know because we've set ourselves up all along the way you know for that so um but i i guess that's just part of human nature we all do that but you know stepping outside certainly would be a uh, and looking at it differently would be a great uh, is a great uh, strategy for dealing with it
1: yeah and and i'm gl- i'm glad you said that it is human nature and when we can say you know that's okay but then also realize that we have the power, that superpower to override it, to choose differently, to mm-hmm. notice it in the moments that, yeah, you know, there's my, there's my survival instinct kicking in, making me, you know, replay this, this argument, but I'm gonna take action.
0: Very good, very good. All right, so are we ready for the next step?
1: Yay. All right, hit step it. Four. Step four, to me, it's the most fun step. It's practicing tools to change. It's this idea that there are these simple, easy strategies that we can do that helps shift our thinking, reinforce those new habits and ways of thinking. And it's funny because a lot of these, most of us already know, but now there's science behind it to help support that this is beneficial. This is worth taking the time to do. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we talked about music, for example. You know, using that intentionally, not waiting for our favorite song to come on, but but planning and knowing, hey, you know what, in this moment right now, I need a boost. I'm going to take action by by pulling up this soundtrack, this playlist of mine. Mm-hmm. Very good. Another great strategy. Here's a fun one. It's a fake smile. Mm-hmm. Now, Professor Richie Davidson, he's uh, at UW-Madison, a big thought leader in compassion, well-being, positive psychology, he published a book called The Emotional Life of Your Brain, and in there he talks about some research he did, and and others have also um, duplicated it, but if you do a fake smile with just your mouth and your cheeks, nothing happens. But... If you also just activate those little muscles like under and around your eyes when you do a natural smile, how you kind of get those little creases around there, mm-hmm. then using things like functional MRI, they can see that the part of our brain that's activated is the part that tells us that we feel good, that we're happy. Mm-hmm. And again, this is an experiment we can run ourselves. We can we can experiment, play with this. Um, I This is one of my favorite ones. If I'm driving in the car on the phone, you know, you might be in a rush. You might just be sort of, I'm not looking forward to whatever i am got to go do today. A little fake smile, hold it for a few seconds, and I feel a big shift. Suddenly, it's a much easier smile. My thoughts have shifted. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, I found the same thing, you know, that uh, just that mirror. But some, like I said, like on those gray, gray days, I really had to force myself to do that. (laughs) So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Luckily, uh, I'm, they don't last all that long. um, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's one of those things. What are some other positive interventions that you use to kind of make that shift? What are you know? That's a good one. What are some other ones that uh, sometimes people? Because what you're, what's interesting? What you said to me was that uh, there are things that we know, but now we have science behind it. Like all mm-hmm. the things that, um, like uh, key sayings, you know, are you know, uh, proverbs from other countries, whatever you know, like that you know we grow up with we're like oh that's a nice saying but now there's actually you know some science to go behind it It's just you know mm. kind of like it's kind of a cool thing to think about is that we've known and in, in known inherently all this time what is good for us but mm-hmm. we have just you know chosen not to listen but now we can say oh well it's not just fluffy stuff i mean this is actually real this mm. is you know, scientific
1: yeah i mean things like count your blessings right stop and smell the roses mm-hmm. I, pretty much Almost everybody's heard these things, and, and it's funny. I, was, I forget who I was talking to. But I was, I was thinking how, for really, since the days of the early front philosophers like Socrates, you know, this idea, these concepts are so ancient, how come we're so horrible at actually embracing them and using them? And, and I don't know, again, I'm, I'm hopeful, optimistic that the science will maybe help convince people that this isn't just a philosophy. This is stuff that we can bring in, try out in our own lives and, and it to actually change our lives for the better. Who wouldn't want that?
0: Yeah. Okay. But when you're going out there and sharing this with different audiences, you know, cause you're a speaker, like I'm a speaker and you share it with that. Are there some people that are just like, no, nah, that's all just BS. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, we're not listening to any of this stuff. You know, I, I, I'm going to sit here in my own cesspool of negativity and you can all just kiss, kiss it. So, I mean, do you find, <laughs> do you find those people?
1: Oh yes. <laughs> yes. And, and here's the thing. So this is, this is such an interesting, Uh aha moment for me and, and I'm probably for others too it's like if I get a negative response from other people my trick is for myself to realize hey you know what that's their choice you know rather than feeling stressed upset discouraged by that It's really just saying, you know, we're all different. We all have a choice and this is their choice. Maybe I can plant a seed that will germinate and grow at some point later down the line. Mm -hmm. Maybe um, there's there's, um, there's this idea that other people's struggles, negativity, really can be a, a good teacher for ourselves. It can be a great way to reflect on if this person's bothering me, what is it about me that's struggling with it? Why can I not just accept them for where they're at and what they're doing, which is hard. Because like you say, if I'm speaking to a group and I have a naysayer in the group, hopefully they're a quiet naysayer, but sometimes people speak out and challenge. And I I think that's great because then I'll say things like, you know what, this is a choice. And then if this is not a choice for you, that's fine. You know, You have to make your own decisions about what works for you. And if this doesn't work for you right now, no problem.
0: Right? Yeah, because I I've just found that there are some people that um, they just want to stay, uh, kind of like stay where they're at. Yeah. Um. You know, because change in any way, shape, or form is is difficult, and some people are comfortable with that. And and. That, I don't want to say the negative place in, in their lives and they want to stay there. I mean, emotions aren't good or bad. I mean, they are what they are. And so sometimes people feel have to feel what they feel. However, mm-hmm. I'd much rather feel better.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of us would and just don't know how. So for those of us that are willing, interested, want to know more and know how, to me that's, there's always some of those in the audience. And mm-hmm. what's cool is when we can help those people elevate their set point, like you were saying, your positivity set point, there's a ripple effect, right? It spreads. We're, our, our moods and our energy is contagious. So mm. even those people who resist, mm, they're probably still soaking up a little more positivity than uh, when, when the people around them
0: are shifted. They're sure. <laughs> sitting at home that night. It's like, you know, I just feel a little bit happier than I did this morning. How, <laughs> I, how do I get back to that place I was before? I'm not going to hang around <laughs> those happy people anymore. That's uh-huh. Now, um, what about the the last step?
1: Yes. Okay. So I'm just going to review here real quick. We started off with why it's hard, you know, just our survival instinct, realizing we can change that self-directed neuroplasticity, that superpower, noticing our thoughts, practicing these different strategies like music, smiling, um, gratitude, counting our blessings. And the last step is really how do we remember? It's remembering we have a choice. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much distraction, everyone's so busy. How do we even you know, step out of our busy schedule and remember these strategies, remember we have a choice? So I have a set of variety of what I call reminder tips. Um, mm-hmm. So here's, here's an example. So example, if you have a password, You could use this every time you type it in. Maybe it's the first letter of a phrase, you know, every word in a phrase or your favorite song, a favorite memory, um, a strategy, something you're grateful for. But every time you type it in, you have to repeat that phrase in your head to remember your password. And now maybe you have that favorite song going through your head or that favorite memory or, you know, it could be a tool to, to prompt you.
0: Yeah, that's a great strategy. That's all. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I guess inherently I do that because I have like passwords that mean something, you know, to me. I won't share them on here because they're my. <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's kind of funny because you know, like one of them has to do with my granddaughter. When I type it in, you know, and I automatically think about you know her, and it, you know and she makes me happy. So that's and something I was doing, but I didn't realize I was really doing it. But now I do, and now I'll be more intentional about it. That's smart. That's a great, yeah. strategy. that is Isn't a great, that cool. tra- that's a great strategy. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, and another one I love is um, whether it's on our devices, our bathroom mirror, our cubicle, our refrigerator, you know, to put either pictures or quotes, something that every time we see it, it can be that trigger that says, Oh yeah, what am I thinking about right now? Um, should I shift? Because here's a picture of a great memory. Here's a saying Um, there's, when I first started this, when I first started speaking, a gentleman in the audience shared a quote with me that I, I try to share it almost every talk I give. I think it's so powerful. It's by the author Colette. It says, what a wonderful life I've had. I just wish I'd realized it sooner.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a great quote. That is a great quote. Really makes you stop and think a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause there's a little bit of busyness with life. I mean, I look back on like, um, I don't want to say I missed out on a lot of joy in my twenties and my thirties, but I certainly was very, very work, uh, work oriented and very, very driven. And uh-huh. you know, there were things that looking back, I wish I would have enjoyed more of when I was there, you know, and I can't go back to those times and, you know, do have a mulligan and do it over. But I just wish that, um, I had, uh, done it a little bit differently, mainly because my kids are all grown. And there are just some things I like with uh, working as much as I worked, I I know I missed out on and I should have been more in that moment. So mm-hmm. that's why yeah, that's, I tell everybody now, it goes so fast, enjoy it. And they're like, everybody says that. I'm like, yeah, that's because it's freaking true, buddy. It's
1: <laughs> Isn't it? It is so true. But you start to hear it so often, you just don't even pay attention to it. But it's so, so true. And and you Can't get those moments back. But now, starting in this moment, right, moving forward, you can be more in the moment, more mindful, more intentional about enjoying those moments.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I really um, I enjoyed, you know, talking to you. I mean, obviously we talk all the time, but it's nice to delve a little bit deeper into, you know, the things that you're really passionate about and, you know, realizing as we're talking how much we're aligned in, you know, our thoughts on <laughs> many, many of the same things. And I like your, I like your whole frameworks. I think it's something uh, tangible that people can, you know, take with them. It's like, you know what? All right. You know, I can do this, you know, I, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, your whole, um, your application piece at the end on, you know, reminding people they have a choice. You know, I love those, those strategies you gave really, really great.
1: Mm-hmm. If
0: after today people want to connect with you, I mean, where you, where's the best place to find Dr. Tina Hallis?
1: Mm-hmm. So thepositiveedge.net is my website. You can also go to tinahallis.com and get there. Um, I love emails. You can also um, call me at 608-448-3576. Um, but again, the, the book, it's on Amazon. It's pretty much anywhere. There's an ebook version. It's called Sharpen Your Positive Edge. And because I commonly get a question after my talks and when people just are reaching out to me they're like hey how 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 do I get other people to be more positive right my boss my coworker, my partner so be on the lookout for a new online course coming out in a few months called keep your positive edge nice yes it's it's building your immunity to people's negativity and I'm so excited about it it's it's going to be so awesome
0: Oh uh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm let me know when that comes out. Cause it's something I'm interested in as well. Cause I mean, there is a leveling out. I mean, if you're surrounded by like negative people, um, it, it's going to impact your overall yes. outlook on, you know, the world and your life. And so, I mean, there, are, you have to have some strategies on how to, you know, create a force field so they don't, they don't bring you down. So I, mm-hmm. I I'm really interested in, in that. Um, now, I'd like to end the podcast. I instituted this a couple podcasts ago with the uh, five fast five questions. I'm going to ask you five questions. Just your first response is good enough. And you know, we'll just, uh, we'll look to wrap up with that. All right. Are you ready? Tina Hallis.
1: Okay. I'm All ready. Right. Tina.
0: Who's your favorite comedian?
1: Mm, I, I like Eddie Murphy before he got really raw, I guess. I, I, I love his movies. Okay. like trading places and
0: all right all right so back when um i was funny because i think all comedians kind of go through a process where they're a little more edgy when they're you know they first start out and then they drink the kool-aid and they're not as funny later <laughs> all right now, second question what's your go-to funny movie
1: mm. <sighs> my go-to funny movie it's probably um again, one of those Eddie Murphy ones. I, I, I like um what's it called? The Golden Child. There's that scene where the Golden Child is sitting in the car next to him and he's Eddie Murphy's driving and there's a big monster dragon chasing him and he's just like looking at this kid who's just so calm. He's like, I don't know about you, but you know, this kind of shit doesn't happen to us every day where I live. You know, <laughs> pardon my French.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Um, what's your favorite kind of comedy? Mm. Like
1: you know, I guess it's funny. I've definitely noticed that my husband and I do not have the same sense of humor.
0: <laughs>
1: and and he'll be like, "Oh, you got to come watch this video." Or him and my daughter, who's thirteen right now, "Oh, you got to come watch this." And usually, their sense of humor is like some poor schmuck doing something not very smart, where he gets hurt or you know embarrassed. And I'm like, "Oh, I feel bad for those people." Uh-huh. <laughs> so my my humor I like is really um, I I like just like the situational humor where there's just something bizarre that happens that makes a situation just funny.
0: Okay. All right. Good, 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 good. All right. So you and I are uh, going out to dinner. Where are we going to go eat?
1: Is there an occasion or are we just, just you and I, we we meet somewhere and we're going to go out to eat.
0: You create the scenario. I don't care.
1: (laughs) Oh gosh. I, I say that because, uh, when you have a 13-year-old daughter, pretty much the main place that we go is Culver's all the time.
0: I love Culver's. And for those of you who don't live in the Midwest, you can't go better than a Culver's burger. I'm just telling you right there, dollar for dollar, you're, it's the best, it's the best, it's the best uh, deal you're going to get right there.
1: <laughs> there you go. A little advertisement.
0: <laughs> all right. Um, do you have, last question, do you have a favorite joke?
1: Oh, Gosh, I do.
0: <laughs> awesome. So then you have to share it. Yeah, then that's the best kind.
1: Okay, so I am Norwegian, and so I like, you know, like, uh, you know, the different um, Norwegian jokes. And so mm-hmm. there's one about. Um, okay, now Oli and what's the other guy's name usually? Sven. Sven Sven, thank Oli. you. Yes. So they're they're out of work and they're waiting in line to, you know like the unemployment line and and they're going to be evaluated for their skills to know if they should go and apply for a skilled job or an unskilled job. And Sven gets up there and the guy says, well, you know, what do you do? And uh, he's like, well, you know, I, I work, um, I don't really have any skills. And so the guy goes, oh, well, you got to go into the unskilled line. And then up comes the next guy and he says, well, what do you do? And he's like, well, I'm a diesel fitter, a diesel fitter. Oh, that's a skilled, skilled, you know, ability. You got to go in the other line. And, and Sven says to him, he's like, you're not a diesel fitter. He goes, I sure am. You know, I, I work in ladies underwear and I hold them up and I'll say diesel fitter. Okay. I <laughs> killed that joke. I cannot tell jokes.
0: <laughs> That's all right. But hopefully That's you get right. the idea. I got the idea. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Hey, well, thanks so much for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate you know the time and I appreciate you sharing some great strategies with me.
1: Yes, thanks so much, Chip. This was great fun, loved it.
0: Well, there you are. Great fun with Tina Hallis and great information. Um, I'm gonna encourage you to go to her website, check her out, shoot her an email. She's on LinkedIn, she's all over the place and she's got some great things to share. I'm also gonna encourage you to go to our website aath.org. send us a note drop us a line join the association and if you got something you want to hear on the show shoot me an email at chip at i would love to hear about it and about you further if you got something you want to share as far as um a fun fact i'm always looking for new things to incorporate in there and i would love to share your fun fact on the show so next, until next time this is chip Lutz saying we'll keep the laugh on for you this is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. LaughBox is made possible by a grant from the National Speakers Foundation and is brought to you by AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Find out more at aath.org. Be sure to review LaughBox on iTunes for show notes and more information about today's conversation. Visit laughbox.aath.org.